synodality that is about journeying together, working mm -hmm. together. In a way, it is passing from the I to the us, mm. to the we, yeah. W-E. So it's about serving processes that will build us more and more as one people, <laughs> help us to realize that we are not just some individuals isolated from one another, mm -hmm. but we are called to be together uh, in this world. The world is longing for a possibility of real, real togetherness in mm -hmm. which each one has a voice each one can find his or her place. Hello and welcome to the Soul Food Podcast, bringing you stories that nourish the soul. It's Alison and Donnie here from the Mission Enhancement Team, and we hope that this podcast will encourage you in your life and faith wherever you are right now. Here comes another Soul Food story. Hello, friends. We have a very special Soul Food Podcast this week. It's our first international guest. All the way from Rome, we have Sister Natalie Bacar. Sister Natalie is a Xavier sister, which is a French religious congregation. She grew up in France and worked for the French bishops as the director of the French National Service for Evangelization of Young People and for Vocations. Uh, more recently, she's played really important roles in the synods, including uh, one dedicated to young people in 2018 and the Synod for the Pan-Amazon region in 2019. In 2021, she was appointed by Pope Francis as the Undersecretary of the General Secretariat for the Synod of Bishops that's happening right now, making her the most senior woman in the Vatican. Sister Natalie now lives in Rome and travels around the world to speak with local churches about synodality, the way we walk together as the people of God. And on her recent whirlwind trip of Australia, I had the great privilege of sitting down with her as she shared some of her amazing life and faith story. So here comes our first international soul food story. So welcome, uh, Sister Natalie, to the Soul Food Podcast. Um, thank you so much for spending time with us. I know it's been a very busy time for you in Australia, so we appreciate making time for this great work of the Parramatta Diocese. For the Soul Food Podcast, we always like to start with a food story. So a story that um, maybe describes something about who you are or a memory of a great meal um, that tells us something about who Sister Natalie is. Okay, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Uh, I will uh, speak about two things. Uh, one of my favorite food is what we call cre crepe in France. Oh crepe. yes, because I used to. I have moved a lot when I was young in different parts of France. But uh, for holidays, I used to go with my parents every year at the seaside in North Brittany, in this part of France, yes, with strong yeah. traditions. And crepe is already uh, very well known in Brittany. And so I like that uh, very much. You know, it's a little bit like pancakes, or mm -hmm. you can put many different things. But w uh, thinking about also very good mem memories, uh, I would like to speak about the experience uh, that has been launched in my community, the Xavier sister, also uh, what we call biblical meals. 
The oh, wow. idea is to, because if you look at the Bible and mm -hmm. the story in the Bible, you have a lot of story of food and meats. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, you can think of Jesus, the wedding of Cana, mm -hmm. um, the multiplication of the bread uh, in the Old Testament. It's also a sign of hospitality. So one of our sisters who was involved uh, in youth ministry had the idea that really to help young people to discover the Bible, to read the Bible, you could do that with and through a meal. Mm. And uh, a book has been published in French of recipes of uh, biblical uh, meals. So That's for so each great. story in the Bible uh, speaking about food, <laughs> you have the recipe. And uh, the idea with that, and, uh, and then I have done that in many different uh, settings uh, with young people doing retreats, pilgrimage, is really to help to understand, to uh, test the uh, story of the Bible also with all your uh, uh, dimension and through a meal. And through, uh, so there is time to eat, to share, uh, to have uh, uh, some, um, explanation and, and it's very good because you discover the Bible in another way. That's fantastic. I love the idea of each story having its own recipe. It's, it's, it's about gathering um, and experience something particular from that story as well. What a great mm. ministry. Fantastic. Mm. Actually, we're, as we're talking about ministries, um, I was reading that you do a ministry or have done in the past um, at sea because you're a sailor. That's I mean, a, a, another biblical thing, being out on the water, <laughs> going out into the deep. But how did you get into sailing? When was that? Well, yes, it's also uh, part of my story. So I told you I used to go every summer uh, at the seaside in mm -hmm. North Brittany. So um, I began to sail when I was very young nice. in small boats for the kids and then my uh, my my parents were not uh, really sailors, but my grandfather, my uncle, as a boat at the same place. So, and with friends, we began to 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 sail like this. But my parents uh, began to do windsurfing, and so windsurfing. when I was a young teen, uh, I began windsurfing also. And then when I was a student, I studied in a business school, there was a selling club and I began to do a lot of selling races. So right. during my studies in this business school, uh, almost every weekend regularly, uh, I was part of a crew and we had uh, training and then we did many selling races uh, with other students. <coughs> And uh, so I was really passionate. What I like to be on the boat, to be on the sea, is really a, a very interesting experience of being together, mm. uh, being in the nature, in the beauty of the creation. Yeah. And um, food is very important when you, when you right. are on the boat, because you know what co uh, sometimes people who, who sell you can also experience seasick. Mm. And do you know what are the, the cause? What uh, is if you are uh, uh, hungry, <laughs> if you are tired, if you are afraid? Wow. So the rule in a boat is when you are hungry, you should uh, eat. 
Wow. And so I have been selling a lot like this. And then when I discern a call for religious life, mm -hmm. uh, say, OK, I will let go selling. Uh, if I enter religious life, I thought I would never go back anymore on the boat. So I remember my last uh, selling rest before when I, uh, I have already decided to join the Xavier sister. And during four years, my postulancy, novitiates, I didn't sell. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but my superiors knew that I have been selling a lot. And, and what was very interesting, especially during my novitiate, uh, as Ignatian sister would do the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius, of 30 course, days. Yeah. And praying with um, during this retreat, especially uh, and on the with the gospel and the stories of Jesus uh, taking the disciples mm -hmm. on the, on the boat, the storm, the story of the storm, of and course, uh, yeah. I had all my memories uh, from my experience uh, of settings that came, and for me, one of the best image uh, of the experience we can say of uh, death and resurrection mm -hmm. was enlightened by my experience at the time it was the first time I became ready skipper for a, a boat and we had to take the boat back to another places and to sail during all the night wow. when we start it was okay but then in the middle of the night, we had a big, big storm, a lot of wind. Wow. Uh, it became very dangerous. So I was a skipper. The other one on the boat began to, have, uh, to be sick. And, uh, but we were three boats uh, sailing together, okay. so not yeah. too far. And I realized, well, uh, I should really put all my trust in God mm -hmm. and uh, try to, even if it's difficult, if, you know, uh, I am afraid also, but I should rely uh, on, uh, on God and uh, also help the other to, uh <laughs> <laughs> to, to continue. And so it has been a difficult uh, setting with a lot of winds. Uh, the boat was, uh, you know, in the waves and the current was against us. But then at the end of the night, just when the sun shine, it became very quiet, no more wind. Wow. And we arrived very slowly in a beautiful uh, <laughs> setting, landscape. And I remember, and I still have in mind, this experience after a long night of a storm and difficult uh, setting, the arrival, very quiet, yeah. and it became for me an image of the resurrection. So it has shaped also my spiritual experience, mm. I would say. And what was very nice is that at the time, my superior knew that uh, in France we have a strong what we call Ignatian News Network. So mm -hmm. the sisters like my community, Ignatian sisters, the Jesuits and lay people uh, have different activities for young adults, mm -hmm. retreats, pilgrimage. And uh, a few years ago, some have imagined a retreat on sailing boat for young adults. And my That's superiors great. knew that. And she told me, oh, I think they are looking for uh, skippers and, uh, or spiritual director who have an experience of sailing. You should contact them. So I contact right. them and they, they need someone for the next retreat. So I began to do that. 
And it has been wonderful because I have received back, mm. you know, what I have led yeah. to enter religious life and as a place for ministry. Uh, so after that, uh, I did the I did this uh, retreat on sailing boats uh, many many times, uh, and the first time I came to Rome, <laughs> I often think about that now that I am living in Rome. The first time I came to Rome, it was for third for worst use day in oh, two thousand, yes. yeah, yeah. uh, because we went with a group of young people with five sailing boats. <gasps> uh, eight or nine uh, young people on each boat with wow. the, the skipper and uh, the one who helped him uh, also as spiritual director and I was a skipper also. So I arrived in, in Rome for uh, World Youth Day by boat mm -hmm. and I have experienced that also in another way when I came to Australia my first time <laughs> and now it's the second time mm -hmm. it was for World Youth Day in 2008 mm. And I was uh, leading a group of 250 young adults from one diocese uh, in France, uh, very close to Paris. It's a little bit like what I have seen here, uh, the Diocese of Paramatta. The, the diocese uh -huh. where I was was also very diverse, multicultural. So we had a group of young people with many, many different backgrounds. And we spent the first week in the Diocese of Brisbane, Yep. Uh, we were yep. in a small city north of Brisbane at the seaside. Mm -hmm. uh, young people were welcome in families and uh, it was wonderful. And one day uh, it has been organized that we will go by boat, but it was a ferry boat, uh, to visit uh, sandy islands, beautiful islands with a lot of sand. And on our way to go to these islands, uh, we were all, not only us on the boat, but um, uh, there were just a few other people. It was a beautiful day uh, with the sun and not too much wind. And we asked maybe uh, to the captain of the boat, is it possible to celebrate mass outside on the, uh, on, on on the, the, on the boat? Yeah. And we had mass as we were uh, you know, on the sea, going to this island. Wonderful. It was beautiful. And at the end of World Youth Day, when we asked young people, what have been one of your best memories of World Youth Day, uh, the experience you had, many, many talk about their experience of mass on this boat uh, on, uh, on the sea. Mm -hmm. So it, it's wonderful when you can bring people on the sea. It's usually very good experiences. I can see your passion mm -hmm. oozing from you. You know, it's um, it's rare, I think, for passion to meet purpose mm -hmm. in that way. You know, um, and I, but I think it's something that people desire. People want to see their the thing that they're passionate about being able to um, reach a purpose that is outside of themselves. Do you have any um, advice, even that you could? offer, particularly with your work with young people, have you offered advice about 
where that meets passion and purpose in, in lives. Anytime. Yes, you know, really, um, God is not outside of our life. Mm. And our Christian religion is, is the religion of incarnation. Mm. Jesus Christ uh, was born uh, in Israel. He lived with the people. And uh, so God, the word makes flesh. <laughs> God mm. is... Uh, came to us, it pitched its tent among us, as we say in the Gospel of, um, of John. Uh, and since the beginning, we experienced that our God, the Creator, has created us, men and women, at His image. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so we have in us, uh, and, and through our life, we can experience the presence of God among us and not outside in a theoretical, uh, abstract way. God is not on the moon. <laughs> he, he, Jesus Christ continued to walk with us day mm. after day, and we can experience the presence of the Holy Spirit in all the dimensions of our lives, through the events, through the, through the meetings. Mm. So I think the purpose, in a way, of youth ministry, of the church, is to help people to really encounter Christ as a life person, mm. not as an abstract idea. And to, to be with young people, to try to just, you know, listen to them, testimony of this uh, great good news mm. that life is stronger than death, that Jesus Christ loves us, wants to save us, is with us on the road of humanity in all the struggles, joys and sorrow mm. we are facing. I think it's very interesting and good to, to do pastoral work or to be with young people uh, with who we are. Mm. <laughs> and I often say, as ministers, we need to, do, to be bilingual, to speak mm. the language of the gospel, the yeah. language of the church, but also the language of the people, <laughs> yeah. and to meet them through their passion, where they are. And I have seen when, for instance, a priest is a great musician, he mm. likes to play guitars and he do music with young people, you know, you have a human experience together and through that uh, you can listen, dialogue and uh, help young people to discover something of the life of Christ. And it's the same with sport. Uh, mm, because yeah. when you look at young people today, and I think especially in, in Australia, you know, the two men Obi passions are usually are sports and music <laughs> or movies. <laughs> uh, so you need to be wi with the people with who you are and mm. with who they are. Um, so doing things together, all my experience in also with, uh, I come back with my experience of selling. At the time I was in charge of I had a long experience also of campus ministry, being mm -hmm. with students in mm -hmm. chaplaincies, and, and in many, many ways we ask ourselves, how can we have young people? How can we reach young people? And I realized in France, there is a big event each year, a setting race for students that is gathering thousands of uh, students for setting or just also uh, there are some kind of competition, uh, walking, running, and say, well, they are there. 
So why don't we go there? Mm. And we had the idea uh, to organize some um, through a project, the presence of Catholic students among all the students who many are not Catholic, some could be Catholic. So it was a kind of chaplaincies among this one week event of setting race. And I have been also skipper of a boat with uh, young students. And it's interesting because the first one, two days you speak about sailing, the currents, the boat, uh, technical things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a skipper, I had uh, uh, an immediate fit with other skipper or on the harbor. You, you speak about sailing and boat. And, but then they discover that I was a sister, that we, I was in this boat with Catholic student after one, two or three days, they all come to speak about existential question, mm -hmm. face, asking you question. Yeah, wow. um, so that's what I mean by being bilingual. Mm -hmm. And I always say to when I was doing training for chaplains or youth minister, you know, you all have a passion. It could be uh, cooking, it could be uh, uh, windsurfing or uh, walking and use that uh, to be with young people mm -hmm. and through that something can happen. Yeah, that, that realness and passion that, that you're offering, um, it just, it's shining through. I've been, you know, following your uh, short tour of Australia and um, I just want to thank you for the the joy and the passion that you've been bringing to all of this, it's, it's very evident. So thank you for that. I might change gears just quickly. Um, thinking across your family and friends, particularly maybe those that don't feel at home in the church, how do you describe your job? The work that you do at the Vatican in particular, or maybe um, you know your vocation as well. How do you talk to people who don't maybe have that language um, to be able to jump into the church language. Yes, it, it's uh, in, interesting. Um, you know, and I, I would use the language uh, because we, we need to speak also with images, with mm -hmm. metaphors. Mm -hmm. And one of the first image to speak about the church <laughs> that came also from the gospel and the experience of the early church is the boat. Mm. is uh, the you know the purpose of the church is to build a world of fraternity uh, of togetherness mm -hmm. and uh, being the sign among the world that it's possible to become a crew to become united that's great my job at the vatican serving what we call the general secretary of the synod mm -hmm. that is at the service of um, uh, of the church so that the church becomes more and more a synodal church mm -hmm. that means a church uh, that uh, is building uh, unity communion among all a church that enables the participation of everybody so that the church uh, is more and more because that's uh, our purpose is our purpose is to serve the people mm -hmm. to help them to accompany them on their on their life so i am at the service of that <laughs> uh, trying you know sometimes i say to put it in a nutshell synodality that is about journeying together walking mm -hmm. together mm -hmm. in a way it is passing from the i mm -hmm. to the us mm. to the we yep. w e 
So it's about serving processes that will build us more and more as one people, <laughs> as uh, help us to realize that we are not just, you know, some individuals isolated from one another, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. we are called to, to, to be together uh, in this world. Mm -hmm. And we know there are so much divisions, uh, problems, inequalities, that the world is longing mm -hmm for a possibility of real, real togetherness in mm -hmm. which each one has a voice, each one can find his or her place. In a broad sense, what we are doing uh, through this synod and what I try to do through this position to serve this process, it is to serve a process to build togetherness, not only in the church, but for the people, for the society. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in, in the church, for the world, in that sort mm. of idea. I love that idea of being of service is your job, you know. <laughs> Actually, this might be a bit of a cheeky question, it just popped into my head. Do you have coffee with Pope Francis? As workmates, you know, does that ever happen or is it a bit more um, uh, official than that? No, yes, it, it depends. In, 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 a, in a way, you know, I met Pope Francis before I was appointed mm -hmm. to this uh, job just two, year, two years ago, to this mission. And uh, I had a wonderful experience at the Synod on Young People, because at that mm -hmm. time I was director of the National Office for um, the Evangelization of Youth uh, and for Vocation in France at the French Episcopal Conference. So when the church and Pope Francis has convoked a synod on young people to listen to young people and to uh, discern about how to be the church with and for the young people, I was involved in that, uh, in the process of preparation, and I was asked to come to the synod with the bishops. So mm -hmm. we spent one month in Rome in October 2018, and Pope Francis is the president of the Synod. Of so uh, he was there. And uh, of course, like in any meeting, uh, fortunately, you have some break and coffee break. <laughs> so during the coffee break, Pope Francis was coming with us, queuing up to get his coffee like the others. Oh, that's uh, so during the Synod on Youth, uh, I could have this experience. Um, since I am in Rome and for more formal uh, uh, meetings, uh, usually it's, it's, it's not with not coffee, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's interesting because I often say in a way synodality begins with a coffee, yeah. with a meal, that's the style of being together and I often, uh, when I, I have to do some presentation about the synod and synodality, I usually I use and I show a, a photo of Pope Francis at the synod on youth around the table taking a coffee uh, with uh, young people, a cardinal, a bishop, yeah. uh, and also because for him as an Argentinian, he likes what they call the mate. It's, it's uh, a special drink, uh, okay. a little bit like coffee, but uh, right. different for people in Argentina. That's amazing. And it, I guess it is um, those little moments of synodality, isn't mm. it? That Pope Francis has been encouraging us to, um, not to do synodality, but to start living it as the way that the church is now going to grow into being. And, and so I guess you've shared some of your uh, experiences of finding synodality along the way. 
Have you had any other particular teachers of synodality through your life um, before you became an expert? <laughs> you know? Well, I would say, you know, already I have learned synodality uh, with young people mm -hmm. because, as I say, what we have understood uh, at the Synod on News, but that was already, uh, I've been 30 years in different ways with, with young people. And uh, so being with them, you really understand that what they really need is to be listened to. Mm. They want to be protagonist. Uh, and they, they don't want an institutional church that is just teaching things. Sure. They want a relational church. It's mm. about relationship. So when I was director of campus ministry in a big university near Paris, um, I arrived at the beginning in the chaplaincies. Uh, chaplaincies, there were not many students. Uh, I uh, understand rather quickly that if I just stay, you know, in this place called uh, Catholic chaplaincy, mm -hmm. waiting for students, I won't meet them. <laughs> so uh, I spent almost my first year, you know, going to the university, taking coffee with the students, uh, hearing their, uh, about their lives, their questions, their needs, uh, meetings, uh, student uh, organizations. Uh, and then I, I understood also that when students come to the chaplaincy, you know, the most important, you can have the best podcast, the best uh, flyer, the best communication, mm -hmm. the best structure, space, organigram, if when someone is coming, you don't have this quality of relationship, of being welcoming, uh, you know. It What's it for? Yep. What is for? <laughs> so faith is really, from the beginning, is transmitted through and with relationship. Mm -hmm. And so I understood my, I understood my role uh, as chaplain, and I often say that, I say, the main thing first is to be a little bit like a bar woman. <laughs> You know, to serve coffee, <laughs> to, serve, to welcome, yeah. and to, and when you have that, and you gather through with a meal, uh, you open conversation, you build relationship, fraternity. Um, you can do a lot, mm. uh, and then you, uh, yes, you, it. You know, it's a way um, of being of Jesus on the road of Emmaus. He goes to meet the disciples where they are on the road to listen to them that there is illusion. He doesn't impose himself, but at the time the disciple says, stay with us, mm -hmm. they have a meal together, and it's like uh, a little bit the experience of the Eucharist and the disciples uh, experience a conversion because they are truly meeting Christ mm -hmm. and they, they are sent back, they go back to the community uh, ready to proclaim the gospel. And I think that's what we have to live uh, with young people, but you, you can't go directly at the end. You need to journey with them on their road through uh, what they are and um, through ordinary life, through all the elements of our life. Yeah, yeah that relationality mm. is uh, the core of it. And I love that that was also your teacher mm. in, in synodality. Final question, and it very much stems from that relational thing. We like to zoom in to the local and thinking of a local parish community if somebody new walked in the door, what would you hope that they would experience from that parish community, um, a newcomer on any given weekend? Well, I, I think, is, uh, and I draw from what I have said before, 
that what is very maybe a challenge for each parish or Catholic community, uh, if you build the community with the people who are there, mm -hmm. you know, uh, sometimes you you no longer uh, you are no longer so open to welcome others. But uh, our call is to be this church uh, that reach out, that go out. So at the core of parish life, I think we need really to emphasize this warm welcoming of everybody new, um, and the we can say in a way uh, a lively parish is a parish that is can both build a sense of community, communion with those who are there, but who is always, always open to welcome and integrate new people. So that calls us to have uh, a sense of community that is also co-built with mm -hmm. the people uh, who comes. And um, it's different. Uh, it can be different each year or according to the, who the people who are there. But uh, we need, and I think one of the most important ministry in a parish is about the people at the entrance of the of mass yeah. who are welcoming those who are coming, especially the new people. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. It's it's always a joy to hear from someone from the other side of the world mm -hmm. working in the Vatican, hearing that same call to say, just welcome people, mm -hmm. meet them at the door, invite them in. That's a, an amazing gift. Thank you, Sister Natalie, for your time sharing your story with us today. Uh, merci beaucoup. It's not the best French, but it's my best. Um, but we really appreciate you um, yeah, sharing your story with us. But thank you so much, because what I can say, really, my experience in Australia, first in 2008 for World Day and today, is a great, great sense of welcoming you have in, in Australia. Amazing. And it's Amazing. a blessing. Thank well, you we so are much. very, very lucky to be able to welcome you. Thank you again. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Soul Food. Don't forget to like and follow us on Spotify or on your preferred listening platform. This podcast is produced by the Mission Enhancement Team in the Diocese of Parramatta. We release a new episode each week and we'd love to hear from you. So leave a comment or reach out via our contacts in the show notes. Looking forward to sharing another story with you next time on the Soul Food Podcast. Soul Food.